Good morning. Our scripture today is Luke 2, starting in verse 40. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. We are in Luke chapter 2 and finishing up um, this chapter. And this is, as Greg said earlier, a very unique passage. It's Jesus as a boy. Um, nowhere else in the Bible do we find this. Jesus is either a baby or he's an adult. But here specifically, we see that he is uh, a 12-year-old boy. And also what we really see here from Jesus is his wisdom that even as a young boy, he is full of wisdom. This is God. This is Jesus, but also this is the divine God. And as a young man, we have a lot of questions, right? Um, for my house right now, I have three teenagers in my house, and there are a lot of questions that are being asked on a consistent basis. Dad, what should I do about this class? Should I take this shift at work? Should I date this girl? The answer is always no to that one, of course. Um, that there are questions that come up, especially when you're young, but even when you're older, right? Should we move? What do we do about these marriage issues we're having? How do we parent our kids wisely and respectfully? What do we do? We're all looking for wisdom. And Jesus, as a 12-year-old, gives us tremendous wisdom here. It was interesting for me. I was reading this week in the USA Today, and this is from last year. Um, but there was an article that popped up again that someone paid 90, uh, or excuse me, $19 million to have lunch with Warren Buffett. There was an auction online that started at $25,000. It went all the way up to $19 million to sit with Warren Buffett, who's this very wise financial investor, to talk to Warren Buffett. People are paying this much money for wisdom. We have it right here in front of us today. This is God. 
And God is showing us this tremendous wisdom from the life of Jesus as a 12-year-old. Four things I want to look at this morning and think together about. Number one, growing into wisdom. Number two, wisdom in church. Number three, wisdom with parents. And then number four, wisdom applied. We're going to be thinking about learning from Jesus as he grew in wisdom and stature. First of all, just notice growing into wisdom and look with me at verses 40 and then also 52. And these are kind of like the brackets here of this passage that there's wisdom all in between is what Dr. Luke is helping us to understand. First, look at verse 40. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. I actually like the New American Standard Version uh, as they translate this, in my opinion, better. Verse 40 says, Now the child continued to grow and to become strong, increasing in wisdom. And then verse 52, and Jesus kept increasing in wisdom. The point to see here at the beginning is that Jesus is already fully wise. Just as he's the Savior, just as he's the Messiah, he's already that. He's just fulfilling it. He's growing into it. So don't think that Jesus wasn't wise, right? And that he became wise as he learned these things. No. He's fully God. He's already the wonderful counselor here as a 12-year-old. And so notice this. Also, remember what we talked about a couple of weeks, or actually a month back, in Luke 24, that Jesus is the fulfillment of the scriptures. Luke 24:44 says this, and this is Jesus speaking to Cleopas and the other man. These are my words, which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things that are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. What's Jesus saying? The Bible is me. (laughs) This is who I am. I am the law. I am the prophets, I am the Psalms, and I wish he would have said Proverbs here, but he's essentially saying I am the Psalm 1 man, the wise one who delights in the law of the Lord, and his law is, he meditates on the law day and night, and he's like a tree planted by streams of water, this is who Jesus already is, so he's growing into this, but he's fulfilling the scripture, He is the word of God. He is the one who John said, this is the word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us as the perfect human and as the all wise human. So this is who he is. Now, what do we learn from him? What what specific lessons are we learning here from, from, from Luke 2? Notice verse 46 and this wisdom in the church. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Jesus is a 12-year-old here. Again, God. 
is listening. Wisdom listens. Jesus went to the temple. He sat among all these wise teachers, all, all these people that, that had uh, all the respect of the area, uh, of the different sects. Uh, one of them was a famous leader who was about 100 years old, Helial, also Gamaliel, the master of Saul of Tarsus, probably also Nicodemus. And they're all sitting in the temple teaching. And people would line up, and they would actually sit at their feet. Paul talks about this in Acts 22. And like a semicircle, they would sit around, and then they would ask questions, and they would have dialogue with these teachers. And Jesus is there. Jesus is listening. But also, there would probably be Q&A, kind of like what we do in our declaration of faith. They would have a question And then there would be an answer that they knew from Jewish school. And then the teacher would say, okay, let's talk about that. What questions do you have? And people would talk more. And Luke tells us here that Jesus also stood up and began giving answers to the questions. And he was getting people gathering around him. (laughs) They were starting to listen to what he had to say. But just see what Luke is pointing to here, that Jesus is listening. Proverbs 5 says, And now, O sons, listen to me. Do not depart from the words of my mouth. Proverbs 7, And now, O sons, listen to me. Proverbs 8, And now, O sons, listen to me. Proverbs 13, A wise son hears his father's instruction. Wisdom listens. Wisdom is quick to listen and slow to speak. And we see that here with Jesus. We also see that Jesus in the temple is completely misunderstood. I hope you see this with them, that that these wise teachers are sitting there talking and lecturing about wisdom from the Psalms, from the Proverbs. And the very word of God is sitting in front of them. And they miss him. They don't know that this is the Messiah. They later will argue with him, right? Nicodemus actually comes to him and says, I want to know a little bit more. What do you mean born again? But this was the argument. They're trying to rebuke God. So often in the church, we can miss Jesus. We can come here and think that we're going to be wise and, and, and want to express things and want to articulate our doctrine or other things. And we're missing Jesus. We come here looking for righteousness and holiness and goodness and wisdom. But we miss Jesus. What we see here is to turn it around. <laughs> Seek Jesus, and you will find wisdom. Seek Jesus, know Jesus at church and every other place, and we're going to talk about with parents. When we seek him, we grow in wisdom. When we understand who he is, 
then we get him. Now you may say, well, all the times in the temple people were missing Jesus. Not true. Last week we talked about Simeon, filled with the Holy Spirit. And as soon as Jesus walked in with Mary and Joseph, he said, give me that baby. (laughs) And he blessed the Lord. Hopefully here at Redeemer, what we're doing is seeking Jesus, not missing him. And growing in wisdom, growing in favor with God, pleasing God, in favor with people. But so often within church circles, within religious circles, we can seek to be smarter than everybody else. We can seek wisdom that seems wise, that is not wise at all. Instead of seeking Jesus, pursuing Jesus, And of course, that's what we want here at our church, is to be aggressively pursuing him and growing together in wisdom. And so that Jesus, see here that Jesus was misunderstood within the church circles. Also notice here his wisdom with his parents and how they also misunderstood him. But yet he continued to walk in wisdom Dr. Luke is pointing out something to us that I think is important, is again, these connections with Proverbs. And there's one that's really so obvious here, as we see in verses 40 and 52. And if you guys would pop up that slide for me, I want to show you this from Proverbs chapter 3, and especially verse 4. Proverbs 3, 4 says this, So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. This is important because this is essentially what Luke is quoting for us in Luke 2. Favor with God. Favor with man. This is Jesus. This was what he was growing into. This is what he was fulfilling. But also notice in Proverbs 3.1, he says this. My son, do not forsake the teaching. Do not let your heart, or or let your heart keep my commandments. Again, Jesus came as a son. He had an earthly father. He also had a heavenly father. And, And here in this passage, we kind of see a conflict between the two. If you know the background, they are looking for Jesus. Mary and Joseph realize that they have gotten to a point in their travel, and Jesus is not with them. Now, let's not blame this on Mary and Joseph. This was part of the culture at the time. They would have a traveling family. They would all go up for Passover together, and they would all go home together. He had a lot of family that was with him. And more than likely, he was hanging out with his cousins, right? That's what they thought. And then all of a sudden they turn around and he's not there. Every parent has felt this before. Where's my kid? They felt like bad parents. They dragged their feet all the way back to Jerusalem. They look around in all the wrong places. And they finally go to the temple. And there's Jesus. And it's interesting what Mary says. She says that she was astonished. This is probably a really nice word for her as his mom. You can imagine Luke saying, I don't think I'm going to write that word you just told me. Let's think of something else to put here, right? 
She was frustrated. She then says, your father and I have been looking for you. And that's important. Because what a 12-year-old was supposed to do at this time in Jewish culture was to learn from his dad. It was really his last year of being a child. When he was 13, he might move out. He would have his own job. He would be responsible. At 12, he was supposed to be under the submission of his father, especially at Passover. So during Passover, his dad would take him to the feast, and he would explain everything about the Passover feast. He would take him to the temple, and he would say, here's what the temple's all about. He was also teaching him how to be a carpenter and other things. And so when Mary comes to him and says, where have you been? Essentially what she was saying is, you're supposed to be with your dad, your earthly dad, and you're not. What are you doing? And then, of course, listen to what Jesus said. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been standing here in great distress. They did not understand, or excuse me, and then Jesus said to them, I must be in my father's house. Do you hear what he's saying? I'm going to respect and honor my heavenly father before my earthly father. There's my true father. Here's the one that I fear. Again, connecting this with Proverbs. What's the beginning of wisdom? The fear of God. Not the fear of man. Jesus did this. He respected and honored his heavenly father first. Now, teenagers, you may say, well, this sounds great. So I can tell everybody, God told me to do it, right? And I don't have to do what my parents say. Wrong. Especially at my house. It's not okay. So what are we to do? We're to honor both. And notice what Jesus does here. He doesn't just submit to his heavenly father. Look at verse 50. And his parents did not understand what he spoke to them. They didn't get it. And then verse 51, and Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to his parents. He honored both. He submitted to his heavenly father first, and then he submitted also to his parents. Now let me say this, by submitting to our heavenly father, we are then called to submit to our parents. As teenagers, if you live in your parents' house, your call is to submit to your parents. This is obedience to Christ. This is following his example. It's also understanding authority and understanding that God has put authority in our lives because he wants us to be safe and happy, is what we used to say to our boys. He gives us this for our good and for our protection but again, picture this. Here comes mom and dad into the temple. Jesus is standing there. Here are the teachers of the temple. And nobody understands him. Teachers of the temple, the people at church, they didn't understand. His parents, the ones that are supposed to get this, that the angel appeared to, the whole thing, they didn't understand either. Who understood him? 
his father. Especially for teenagers, listen up. There will be times in your life your parents do not understand you. There will be times in your life the people at church don't understand you. God does. Honor your heavenly Father first and foremost. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. You don't have to always be understood by people. People will misunderstand you. Your Father will not. Your Heavenly Father always understands. And Jesus understands. He was constantly misunderstood. When they were nailing him to the cross, they didn't get it. He did. Jesus is constantly saying, they don't get it, and I forgive them. So here's some wisdom for us from this passage of wisdom. Three things real quickly. Number one, and I'm already hitting on it. Fear God above man. Seek to honor God first and foremost. And then realize that that will come with people. And people sometimes will approve and sometimes they won't. That's okay. Seek to honor and fear the Lord. This really is the beginning of wisdom. And how do we play this out? We come to his house. We come to our father's house and honor him here. We get up in the morning and spend time with our father. We give our money to our father. And then we do the things that our father calls us to do, like submit to our parents. Like, know that there are times that we will be misunderstood. It's okay. (laughs) Our call is to submit to him and to honor him first and foremost and way above everything else. Number two, be submissive to the authorities God has put in your life. If there are times in your life where you think, my parents, my boss, the government, fill in the blank, is making bad decisions then of course we have the right to, to say, hey, we don't get this, help us understand, and we want to you know, stand up for our rights. But at the end of the day, in our hearts, we submit to God. Therefore, we submit to the authorities he's put in our life. I know that's difficult, and I know, again, sometimes they don't understand. Sometimes we don't understand. It's okay. Continue to fear the Lord and submit to the authorities that he has put in your life. So often, too, authorities that are not doing what the Lord has told them to do, not fearing the Lord, he will deal with them. That's his business. It's not ours. It's his responsibility to deal with those who are being unjust and unfair. And in the end, God is the only one who is just and fair. And we know that. And so we bring our hearts, we bring even that injustice to him and say, this isn't fair. We bring our, our realities to him, but we continue to submit to him and the authorities he's put in our life. Number three, trust God for the favor of people. It's so clear here in Proverbs 3 
that he's walking through and saying, here's the way that you really do trust the Lord. And he says, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me, and I will make your path straight. There are going to be times that we have to trust the Lord to win somebody's heart over. They don't like us. We're being treated unfairly. Something wrong is happening. Trust the Lord. Don't begin submitting to people and fearing people. When we fear people, we neither please people or please the Lord. When we fear and submit to the Lord, we will both please him and please people. Trust the Lord for the favor of people. And we see that so clearly here with Jesus. He was growing into this wisdom. Favor with God, pleasing the Lord. He already had, of course, that favor. He's just showing it back. Favor with man, pleasing people, people being pleased with him. Why? He's pleasing the Lord. And we see that so clearly here in his mother's heart that even though she was frustrated with him, she says very clearly here, she treasured this up. She loved what was going on with her son because she knew that her son really was a son of God. We can learn from this again that God, when we trust God, when we bring our hearts to him, the favor of people will come. And so, we don't have to pay $19 million. You can leave your checks at the door on the way out this morning. Um, No, this is the good wisdom of God. That we have this before us in his word, through his spirit. We don't need Warren Buffett. We need more of Jesus. So I encourage you to take this wisdom, take this knowledge, and apply it. See the Lord bless and encourage you in your walk with him. Let me pray. Father, thank you for these good words. Thank you for your wisdom. That, um, Lord Jesus, you really are the goodness of God. You're the source of all wisdom, and we see that clearly this morning. And so I just pray, Father, for each of us here that you would grow us in wisdom. And, Lord, we would get more of you, Jesus, that we would know you, that we would grow in you, that we would love you. Thank you, Father, for our church family, and I pray your blessing over each of us. In Jesus' name, amen.